0: This is the Home Run Porch taking over for Couch Potato Radio on the Mighty 790 and 104.7 Cacho. I'm Will Thompson. And I'm Kevin Kennedy. And we're filling in for Derek Hansen. What, what were you saying, right? Is this I, I,
1: I was listening to the song. It says they knew them all from Boston to Dubuque. And I was like, oh, so anybody west of Dubuque know, doesn't know who any of these players are? Is that how it works?
0: Uh, well, yeah. I guess we're west of Dubuque and we know yeah, them. Exactly. So we know them too. So we oh, proved them
1: wrong. Yeah. <laughs> I love that song, though. Well,
0: like I said, this is the home run porch, and uh, we're going to be talking a little bit of baseball, as the song says. Yes, uh, we are. And first and foremost, the Minnesota Twins were in action this weekend.
1: Yes, you texted me with your hair on fire today, Will. Yes, on fire. Oh, you want to get to that sec? You want to talk about the play, the games this weekend? Well, yes. I was
0: just going to mention that they were playing, yep. and and they they you know.
1: Baseball's back, baby. It's back, and it was here on KFGO.
0: Yeah, and we'll continue to have it going forward again next weekend. Yep, It'll be on on noon on Saturday and Sunday. Uh, Tomorrow and Wednesday, uh, Twin Spring Training Baseball will be on 740 The Fan, our sister station. So that's good to know. But yes, Kevin, I texted you quote, with my hair on fire.
1: Yes, and if you don't know this, Will has long hair, so was a lot of hair to be on fire. So
0: Much fire, in all-encompassing, because uh, I was quite excited.
1: The Twins have made a move.
0: Yes. And what might be their final move before the start of the season.
1: Well, it's funny, because you had mentioned to me, oh, a week ago, he says, I don't know what they're going to do with Michael A. Taylor. And I said, well, I think they'll sign him. And now this kind of looks like maybe they're not going to sign him, and they probably won't.
0: I would guess that they won't because, Manuel Margot, you are a twin. Yeah. Uh, Manuel Margot, center fielder primarily. He's played other corner outfield positions, too. He is a right-handed hitter, and he fits the profile of the guy that the the Twins have been reportedly looking for the last couple of weeks.
1: Which makes me wonder if, well, it's lighting the fire under Buxton, too. It's like, hey, we're moving on if this doesn't work out. Because they always knew Michael Taylor was just a a band-aid. You know, the the thought was he'll play 50 games as Buxton needs to rest and just DHs and stuff. But then that didn't happen last year. He played 130 games, so they're not going to they're not thinking the same thing with Margot. He's going to play a lot. I think he'll fill spot play for all the outfielders. But
0: well, especially as a right handed bat, mostly yeah. left handers out there. Buxton is a right hander, but the rest of the outfield primarily left handed. Yeah. Um, so adding a right handed bat, he's not just a backup. He he will get starts in left. Yeah. He'll get starts in right. Um, and so it's a very similar trade, I would say, to last year's trade for Michael A. Taylor mm-hmm. after all the cash has been moved around properly. Yeah. So technically speaking, he's on a contract that will make $9.5 million this year, but the Dodgers are paying $5.5 of that.
1: Got to like
0: that. So we're only paying him $4 million, which is less than we paid Michael A. last year.
1: Okay, he didn't play for the Dodgers last year, though.
0: Correct? No, no. he He's uh, primarily been with the Rays the last couple of years. Before that, he was with the Padres.
1: Okay.
0: Um, and so he was traded to the Dodgers in the Tyler Glasnow trade a couple months ago. Did he start
1: for the Rays last year? I don't remember.
0: Yeah, he primarily started in center for okay. them. Um, he also filled in other outfield corner mm-hmm. spots when needed. Um, but he's comparable to Michael A. Taylor. Manuel Margot, since 2020, is third in center field defensive runs uh, saved. Now, that stat is a little misleading because 2020 and 2021 were both really good seasons defensively for Manuel Margot. And the last two, he's been a negative asset in center field. So, But the, the reports are that this might be because of a knee injury that mm-hmm. has been lingering the last couple of years. So potentially the Twins feel that he's in line to rebound. But even if he doesn't rebound uh defensively, uh he's still all right. I I mean he was a little negative last year, but it's a it's a good option to have in center field and he compares rather favorably to Michael A Taylor.
1: 264 batting average last year, 4 home runs, so not a lot of power. Mm-hmm. But 82 hits, 38 RBI. I mean, it looks like he played he didn't play as much as Michael A did last year but Michael A we didn't he didn't have a ton of power. Well, he, 20 Oh, yeah, 20 he, home runs. Right. Yeah, what am I thinking? Yeah, he did have a lot of fair amount of
0: power. A weird power surge year from Michael A Taylor. Yes. Uh Manuel Margot is not going to bring that level of power, but at the same time the average is going to be higher, the on-base percentage is going to be higher. Um I, here's a statistic that I was really struck by. Uh Joey Gallo last year 42.6% K at that rate, mm-hmm. uh, and Michael A. Taylor, 33.5%. The people we've brought in to replace them, Carlos Santana, 16.8% strikeout rate, Manuel Margot, 16.4%. Wow, okay. So that's, a, I mean, you, you like that, Kevin. I
1: love that. I, it, the strikeouts drive me crazy. And I know the game has changed, and they frown less about the strikeouts, but I I just think of Sanoa standing there just swinging at every pitch that comes within five feet of of home plate. I, it drives me crazy. I, I love the discipline players. I really do. I, I don't know much about Margo, but when you call, when you texted me, you were like, you were really high on this when I came in. Yeah, th- 55 strikeouts last year on uh, 311 at-bats. So yeah, I mean, he played 99 games. So he played about half a season last year, a little over half, in 89 the year before. So that that shows that he was injured somewhat. But he's played... 125, 151, 141. So he's had full seasons before. So I like so. it. I think
0: I think it's a really great deal from the twins in terms of getting a, a solid piece that's going to contribute. Um we mentioned, I mentioned that it's only four million dollars we're paying him, so yeah. it's it's pretty cheap. I mean Michael A. Taylor's still probably gonna get more than that. Adam Duval would probably have been twice that. Um, and then the other thing is he does have a club option for next year, twenty twenty five, uh, which is twelve million dollars. But mm-hmm. if it gets declined. The Rays pay that money. We don't pay anything. Oh. So it's it can be looked at as a basically just a f- one-year, $4 million contract. And if, for whatever reason, he is a silver slugger in center field, yeah, we can keep him under contract for the next well, year.
1: I well, I thought we were going to keep Michael A., but now it looks like we won't, and I'm fine with that. I mean, obviously, the Twins have put all their eggs in the Buxton basket, and I think they have to. This is the year, you know, this is probably it for him if it doesn't work out physically for him.
0: It would have been really nice if we could have taken a Michael A. Taylor and a Manuel Margot and made one player between them. (laughs) We'll take Michael A.'s defense and power and Manuel Margot's bat skill and then that's just one guy. Can we
1: have one guy there? Yeah, I've been wishing for <laughs> stuff like that too long. Every every baseball fan wishes for something like that. Well, tell us about what we gave up then, because I didn't knew, I didn't know nothing about this player, and you gave me the rundown on him.
0: Yep. So every trade involves multiple people. That's not true. Sometimes it's just for cash. But yeah. this one involved my multiple people. In fact, it involved three people. Uh, we sent to the Dodgers shortstop prospect Noah Miller. Um. So Noah Miller was taken 36th overall in 2021 and looked to be a pretty promising pick. Uh, he's maybe one of the best defenders in all of baseball. Um, I, You know, the only one that can compete with him in the twin system is Carlos Correa himself. And Noah Miller might have even outplayed Carlos Correa defensively last year, albeit at single-A ball. Um,
1: And wasn't the big knock on him that that his bat's not as, as good? And he also, he played two years in single A, which is not necessarily a good sign. But he's young. He's 21.
0: Yeah, two years trapped in single A isn't a death sentence by any mean. But if you look at his on-base plus slugging percentage of under 700, under 650 Mm -hmm. in 250 games played at single A, if he's doing that at the major league level with the the defense that he showed, you can be a utility player, a role player at that point. But he's Mm -hmm. doing it at single A. So that's not super promising. Yeah. Um in return though, we also got an interesting shortstop prospect, uh Ryan Doncan coming back to the Twins. He's a year younger than Noah Miller. Um and he's in, in every way that Noah Miller is a good defender, that is Ryan Doncan with the bat. But there's yeah. defensive question marks with uh Ryan Doncan.
1: Another guy we want to put two people together and make one player?
0: Yeah, yeah, that'd be <laughs> <laughs> so, and the twins feel comfortable. Uh, they have a lot of middle infield depth. Yeah. Noah Miller was kind of he was an exciting pick when we got him, but mm. since then we've added Brooks Lee, yeah. um, Tanner Schnobel or Schobel, however you say his last name. Mm-hmm. Some defensive question marks that short there. It might end up at second only, um, and then uh, Danny D Amande, yeah. uh, international prospect, top ten prospect in the Twin System. He's got a little work to do defensively at shortstop, but his bat is already way, way more advanced than Noah Miller. So, you know, there's pluses and minuses to every prospect. Noah Miller won a gold glove in the minor leagues last year, but I- I'm perfectly comfortable giving him up, especially because we got a so-so prospect back as well. Yeah, 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 yeah. So the, the other thing, quickly, before you say what you're about to say, this also cleared way for the Dodgers to sign Kike Hernandez, who had listed the Twins as one of his finalists to sign with. Um, but uh, he didn't. He picked somebody that wasn't on that list of four. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's going back to the Dodgers, and we're going to get Manuel Margot. Okay.
1: Well, I, I you know I know a little bit about Margot, but I I think it's a positive. I mean, like you said, we're probably swapping out. Basically, the, the big thing is well, the good news is, or news I should say, is Buxton's starting tomorrow. Correct.
0: Yes, uh, the reports are that both Byron Buxton and Carlos Correa are set to start tomorrow. Um, it hasn't been officially confirmed that they're starting in the field either one of them. One of them will have to start in the field if yeah. they're both starting. Yeah. Uh but the 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 implication is that they're both going to start at short and center respectively. Um and I'm excited. I mean I am too.
1: They got to pull the Band-Aid off the Bucks and they just got to get him out there and you know, I they can ease him in. He'll play what two innings, maybe three or something like that fine. Um and ramp that up over the course of next month but eventually you got to get them up to six seven eight innings in preseason you know so we'll see you know i think everybody's gonna be holding their breath watching that game tomorrow is that game i wonder that will we have that on the fan tomorrow uh that game
0: will be on the fan okay, yes good. you can listen in on the fan think um, about
1: that think about the spring training games so many of them are right in the middle of the day they're in the afternoon 12 o'clock one o'clock start time so it's which is great but if you're busy or something like that, it's a little bit tougher to, to catch the game but
0: Yeah, if you got a job, you got to do or something like like that. that. I actually have to do less of a job tomorrow because the Twins game is here. I don't have to do the Jack Michaels show, so (laughs) it worked out for me.
1: Well, that's great. I mean, I I, like I said, I you know we made the gentleman's bet at the beginning, and I really hope I lose that bet because I do hope Buxton returns to what everybody has hoped he was going to be. I'm I haven't given up on him like I did, you know, on Snow. I did give up 20 years ago on Big Poppy. He wasn't Big Poppy back then, and that turned out to be, well, a Hall of Fame player. So there you go.
0: Have you seen Miguel Sano in uh, Angels spring training? Uh,
1: Yeah, talked about that real quick then. I've heard. I haven't seen, but I've heard. Well, I saw one highlight, so...
0: I, I haven't seen any highlights with the Angels. I saw him uh, playing Caribbean ball, yeah. hitting absolute bombs. Yeah. And he, he looks like he's dropped—he said that he's dropped 59 pounds, about 60 59,
1: pounds. 59, yeah, he needed to. A, yeah, and wow. it, it
0: looks like it. I mean, he, he is legitimately in the best shape of his life.
1: See, but the thing about baseball is being in shape, it's always a plus. Mm-hmm. But it's not necessarily a detriment because it's a reflex game, so you— You know, you have these big guys that are huge, you know, Prince Field or people like that, that are decidedly overweight but can hit the ball. And Sano's thing was always like, he just wasn't seeing the ball. That thing drove me crazy with him. Yeah.
0: Oh, I I sent you that video. I think it was by the YouTube channel, And That's Baseball. Might have been a different one. But it was talking about how, statistically speaking, the more overweight you are, the more likely you are to be a better baseball player as (laughs) both a hitter and a pitcher. So Well,
1: there you go. Babe Ruth, there we go. Well, we've got that and a lot more to talk about coming up here. On uh, Plus, I, I've been looking at preseason lists. of this, the best this, and the best that, and stuff like that. I'd like to talk about a few things like that. You're listening to the Home Run Porch taking over Couch Potato Radio here on the Mighty 790. We are back. Danza Caduro. All right, Well, so I was looking some stuff up before we came on air because I, I always – back in the – I don't even know if they had this. I, I think they still have this magazine. There's a magazine called Street and Smiths, which was always like the preseason. They were going to predict all the teams, and I used to love that magazine. So I'd get it for every season, see where they had the Twins ranked and all that stuff, and I'd kind of go through, and then I'd hold on to it, and at the end of the season, I'd look at it again to see how accurate it was. And there are always things that were way off. Um, but I came across this list of the top – uh, shortstops for, uh, for, uh, in, in rank in terms of the best shortstops in all of baseball. So all 30 shortstops ranked. And I was more curious about where does Correa fall on the list, that sort of thing. Okay, mm-hmm. so who do you, if you were to put that list together, who would you put at number one?
0: Well, I would have to probably go with Bobby Witt Jr. as the best shortstop in the league. He, if uh, seventh in the MVP voting in the American League last year, took huge step forwards both offensively and defensively. I mean, he was a 30- 40, almost a 30-50 player last year. 30 mm-hmm. home runs, 49 stolen. But he could go 40-40 this year. Mm-hmm. I, I, would, I would have to go with Bobby Witt Jr. Yeah, okay.
1: I, I, you're, you've said to me before, you're really high on him. He signed up, What was the contract again? Oh, geez. It was 11 years and like $330 million or something yeah, like that. so like $30 million a year, which is crazy for a Kansas City team. That it just is. just seems insane to me. Yeah. Um. So we'll see how that plays out. Well, they have him fourth on the list. Um, so... We got three guys above him. Anybody who would you put above him, or you think that that they would say is above him? <sighs> I I got one of them. Okay, which one? Did I you got get? Francisco Lindor. Oh, yep, yep, so yep. So they have Lindor. him at two.
0: That makes sense for the Mets. And, yeah. I, and that
1: was one that I thought, okay, he's definitely up there. I saw him play last year when I was out in New York.
0: You um, also saw him. No, no, never mind. You didn't come to the Mets games with us. He came to the Angels yeah, games. Yeah.
1: yeah, came to the Angels games. No, so who would you? Okay, so there's two other guys above him. Two others. I'll give you a hint. One one American League team and one National League team.
0: Okay, so it's a balance on either side. Man, I'm going to vamp here and just talk about Francisco Lindor for a second. I, I kind of forgot about him, honestly, because he had such a forgettable first half, but then he came storming out of he, the break. He
1: did, and, and it, I think a lot of it goes back into how the Mets just self-destructed. You know, they, they became forgettable mm-hmm. early on. Yeah. Yeah. And they then they just fire sailed their team, so you, you, you forgot they were a team even. Um which happens.
0: I I remember speaking of forgetting about someone, this individual, I think is probably ranked higher, didn't hasn't played consistently. He's been a little injured. But when he has played, he's been the best shortstop in the league. Corey Seager, right? Yes,
1: there you go. Corey okay. Seager, be number, number one.
0: one. Okay, okay. Um, sure.
1: I I probably wouldn't have put him number one, but I can definitely see why they think of him as number one.
0: I would put him number one um, if I can assume that I'm going to get 135 games or so out of him. I mean, yes. Bobby Witt Jr. played 158 games at shortstop last year. He, oh. I mean— I'd probably take that over 158 at shortstop. Yes. That's every insane. single one was
1: at. Show- oh, wait. No, okay, I'm
0: looking. He DH'd a couple games. Okay. Well, he's still. He's still. But he
1: played 158 games. So DH's on the woman. That's fine.
0: Yeah. He DH'd 10 games. So he started 149 games at short last okay. year. That's great. I, oh, yeah. I, honestly, I take that level of availability over the marginal improvement. And, and yes, Corey Siegler was offensively better than Bobby Wood Jr., mm. but he just
1: was, he wasn't healthy. So. Yeah. yeah. Uh, three. They have Trey Turner from the Phillies, oh. which, I, which I can absolutely buy.
0: He's another one that had a rough start and then kind of rebounded yep. a little bit. Yep. Oh, the um, where's Correa? That's my question.
1: Correa is eighth, so okay. we've got three other guys. So at fifth, they have Bouchette, who we got to see a bunch of times, um, and I can see that. Um, He's
0: good. He's a high ceiling, or excuse me, a high floor, low ceiling kind of. Steady presence at shortstop. Yeah.
1: The the sixth one is a projection because he didn't play shortstop. I'm going to pronounce his name. Ha-Sung Kim. Ha-Sung Kim. Ha-Sung Kim for the Padres. Played second, I believe, last year.
0: Yeah, he won a gold glove at second. Was 14th, I want to say, in the league. So who was the shortstop
1: for the Padres last year?
0: Uh, Xander Bogarts coming over from Boston.
1: Okay, so what are they going to do with him? He's moving to second. So they're just flip-flopping him? They're just flip-flopping him, yeah. So they think Kim just has better range then.
0: Yeah, which is true objectively. No. I mean, Hasam Kim was, other than Andres Jimenez, who was basically the American League version of Hasam Kim, mm-hmm. by and far the best defender uh, up the middle um, in terms of the infield last year.
1: Seventh, they have Dansby Swanson.
0: That makes sense. I'm that, a big yeah. I'm a big fan of Dansby Swanson.
1: And Korea really ate it for four months at bat. I mean, he was terrible at bat. He was he was good in the field. He's always good in the field. Mm-hmm. Um and rounding out the top ten, they have uh, Crawford from the Mariners, and at ten, Jeremy Payne from the Astros. So I mean, it's I think that's a pretty accurate and good list. I took one of the list, and I know you and your feelings about pitching. You're gonna hate this list, okay? (laughs) So, um, it was the top ten pitching rotations in baseball. Okay. Um, number one, they have the Braves who. Is a good pitching rotation. Sure. But I wouldn't have put him first. I I probably wouldn't have either. Who would you put first? I would probably
0: put either the Dodgers or the Marlins, maybe. Okay. So Um,
1: I would have thought the Dodgers would have been first. That would have been, if I would have just thrown a dart at the dartboard, I would have said it's got to hit the Dodgers. Mm -hmm. They have them fifth. What? Yeah, fifth. So they got number two, the Astros, which is a good Uh, team. They have a good staff, but I wouldn't put them. I think Framber
0: Valdez is about to drop off a cliff. So we'll see. We'll see how that ages. Who it was CBS, right? Yes, this oh, is a CBS. Okay, so Phillies third. Uh yeah, it's a decent rotation. they'd be in my top five, but I, I So I can third. see them at third if the Dodgers are are first. Sure.
1: You know I'll give them that. But I'd them-
0: probably want the twins at two at that point, then. Yeah, well, there you
1: go. <laughs> they got the Mariners at fourth.
0: Yeah, the Mariners are a good. In fact, I'd actually entertain them to be top top one or two as well. Yeah. They're they're a pretty good. So uh, Dodgers yeah. at
1: fifth, Yankees sixth.
0: No, wrong. That's incorrect. <laughs> that that's not even.
1: Blue Jays seventh. Uh, are they expecting Alec Manoa to uh, rebound? I, I, I do not know what they're expecting. I don't know about that. Diamondbacks
0: eighth. That one is also. I, I mean, you have got Zach Gallen, one of the best pitchers in baseball. But it's a little thin after that, I would say. Reds ninth, no, no, and then no, no. Cubs tenth. Uh, I'm sorry, where are the Twins? Okay, where are so the they Orioles? had
1: also they had an and they said oh, the the also getting votes kind of set up. They didn't actually give the number, but it looks like the Twins were 14th. <laughs> so that puts them dead center. Now the only good thing about this list is there's no Central Division team above them. Right, there's only four American League teams above them. So they're really—historically, I mean, yes, the National League's had better pitching and the American League has had better hitting. That's sort of been his, the historical thing. But, boy, they are really leaning into these National League teams. It's kind of crazy.
0: I really detest that they have the Yankees <laughs> that high. The Yankees—I mean, what are they expecting Carlos Rodon to rebound completely from one of the worst seasons of starting I, pitchers I, had?
1: I have no idea what they're thinking.
0: I mean, Garrett Cole, yeah, Cy Young incumbent, that makes sense. Sure, he's great. But they lost uh, Domingo Germain to substance abuse issues. Mm-hmm. They, they've lost um, Luis Severino. They traded uh, Michael King and uh, who was the other guy? Um, did, was it John Brito that they traded as well? They, I don't. I don't see it. I just. I really. I wouldn't have the Yankees in the top 15 yeah. rotations. And to go back to the uh Atlanta at number 1, even Dakota Fay our our guest on the Home Run Porch podcast mm-hmm. who who knows so much more about baseball than any of my other friends. He's an Atlanta fan. He said, "Yeah, coming into the offseason our biggest question mark was the starting rotation. Mm-hmm. They've added Chris Sale who if he's healthy, yeah, great yeah. addition." Yep. But that is a health question mark. I, I don't know how you can Yes, Spencer Strider struck out almost 300 people last year. I don't know how you can say that complete staff is number one in baseball, and I should call Dakota right now and get his opinion. <laughs> I don't think he would agree that they're the best starting staff I in wouldn't. baseball.
1: I mean, sometimes you, you figure some of these rankings are, you know, the Yankees are always up there because, you know, all this stuff comes out of New York. That's the media capital of the world. Okay, whatever. I disagree heart, wholeheartedly with that, but that's the world we live in. And the Braves probably historically have the best rotation in history. Oh, yeah, easily. You know, yeah, yeah. so, but none of those guys are, you know, they haven't played for that team for 20 years. So <laughs> so to, to say, well, you know, I mean, the sale edition is a great edition. There's no doubt about that. But that doesn't, I mean, if he didn't have them, what would they put him? 28th, you know? <laughs> I mean, they're expecting a lot. They're expecting Spencer Strider to rebound. Yeah. yeah, he
0: struck out almost 300 people, but his peripherals looked terrible last year. Yeah. Um, they're expecting old man Charlie Morton to continue to pitch well, which could very well happen. And they're expecting a healthy year out of Chris Sale, which hasn't happened in almost a decade. That's a lot that has to go right. Meanwhile, for the Twins, all that has to go right is that Pablo, Bailey, and Joe Ryan need to continue to be the people that they are when they're healthy.
1: And advance one year in their maturity. Yes, they're all a year older. Which they all should.
0: Yep, yep. And uh, then you're just hoping that Chris Paddock is as good as he's been when he's healthy and stays Mm -hmm. healthy. And DeLaSavani was is serviceable. Yeah, that's a lot less question marks in my book yeah. than anything that Atlanta's going on, and certainly anything the Yankees have got going on. Yeah, um, Carlos Rodon had a nine ERA.
1: It was <laughs> terrible.
0: I, Twins fans wanted him, and he
1: no, no, twenty six million down the drain. You you were looking uh through Twins stuff just a bit ago and you had you said something about Cory uh Cody, sorry, is it Cody funderberg Oh
0: Cody funderberg My what, friend Cody Funderburg. Yes.
1: You you became friends with him at the caravan. You got a chance to talk to him. Nice guy, said hi to him, shook his hand. Um, kind of a quiet kid. Um, but what was your by looking at the roster, what were your your quick thoughts on him?
0: Yeah, so I'm looking at the, I'm looking at the Twins Fangraphs depth chart because Derek Felvey basically signaled that the roster is set after we traded for Manuel Margot earlier today, and unfortunately, to me, it's looking like Cody Funderburk is on the outside looking in in terms of breaking camp. Now, I am fully confident that he will pitch in the majors this year. He will probably pitch more than he pitched last year, um, but I know that Cody was really excited to break camp, and so I, I feel. I feel kind of bad
1: because this this bullpen is looking. I, you, deadly. How old is Funderburk? Do you know?
0: Um, I can scroll down and look. I would guess that he's twenty six or twenty seven. Okay. Um, he,
1: he he just seemed like a guy that just really. I think he'll add something to the team. Mm-hmm. You know, we'll put him in the. Yeah. I, like the thing I always feel about a guy if he gets cut after spring training, he'll be back up by Mar by May. It yeah. it doesn't take much. You know.
0: And it is a good sign, Um, you know, as much as I want to see more of Cody Funderburk, I told him personally, his peripherals had me more excited than most other pitchers in the league. Mm -hmm. Um, As much as I want to see him, it's a real testament to how good the bullpen is looking, that he's going to be on the outside looking in. Jay Jackson on uh, Saturday, oh my God, that slider, oh, it's going to be deadly. Really? Yeah, I'm excited um, for what I'm seeing out of these new arms, so... I'm sorry, Cody, if you don't make it. I'm still rooting for you. Um, we'll see what happens though. Uh, this is the Mighty 790 and 104.7 KFGO. You're listening to the home run ports with Will Thompson and Kevin Kennedy taking over for Derek Hansen today.
1: listening to The Home Run Porch, taking over Couch Potato Radio. I'm here, Kevin Kennedy, with Will Thompson. Will, we got off the air, and you said, Oh, my gosh, I forgot to mention somebody on the Twins. Yeah. Go ahead and mention
0: that. Uh, The only reason it's such a big deal to me is that Jose Miranda is my sister's favorite player. And looking at the way everything's shaping out after the Manuel Margot trade, Miranda's kind of on the outside looking in, I think, unfortunately. Um So he's going to have to continue to hit his way back onto the team, which he did this weekend. Yesterday he went uh, two for three with an RBI double. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Um, So, you know, I I have faith that he will be in the majors this year. Mm -hmm. It's just looking like he might not break camp the way that this team is uh, set up. And as disappointing that is for Jose Miranda, again, it's a good sign. The Twins did a lot over the offseason, and I don't think a lot of Twins fans – really recognize that I,
1: I, I didn't yeah. I mean everything that kind of happened was you sending me a text going did you see this And I was like no I didn't because the twins are you know they've always kind of flown under the radar with their moves and stuff like that and sometimes we we want the splashy player but we other than Carlos Correo who have we gotten recently with a big name everybody's homegrown it seems usually yeah, you
0: know? uh, in terms of free agents, I mean Pablo was a big trade name. Yes, he was but, a big
1: trade name. But we gave up a lot to get him. We did. Yes. So it wasn't like, you know, so it wasn't like we gave up a bunch of bums and some money to get him. We had to give up our best hitter to get him. Now it's looking long long term like that's probably the right move for us because now he's oh. the anchor of our pitching staff. Yeah, so I, Definitely. So, I mean, you know, me and my love for uh Arias, but that's be that as it may. Um
0: but yeah, in terms of signing free agents, I mean, yeah. I, the we last we thought we were gonna lose
1: Creel last year. We we did lose Creel last year, and then <laughs> he didn't pass the physical. Boy, can you imagine if he had ended up signing with the Mets, and that went through and they still collapsed the way they did. I can't can you imagine how miserable he'd be? Oh, very very miserable. You
0: know? Yeah, cuz he wasn't going to turn that team around starting at third for them. No. Yeah, no, 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 no. I, I mean, he could have especially with the year that he had last year. Yeah. Um it wouldn't have been the difference. No, know.
1: not yeah. on that team. So I I mean, I we're not known for doing that. So we make little moves and we 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 grow people from the inside. I mean, all our great players we our, our farm system, you know. Mm-hmm. Morneau, Maurer, Kedai, I mean all these guys. So And know. and Rocco
0: was right this weekend. A Reporter asked Rocco Baldali about the uh payroll cut, which in the end we're cutting down to only 129 million. That's only like fourteen to fifteen million. I think it was like hundred and forty, mid hundred and forties last mm-hmm. year. It's a payroll cut, yes, but it's it's not that big of a cut. And what Rocco Baldali said this weekend was look, we're expecting to be better this year. It doesn't matter what the the number on the checkbook is saying. We're expecting to be better, and the people in the clubhouse just have to grow.
1: That being said, you said something to me the other day that I just – something I was unaware of. Did you tell me that the poll ads are – like the sixth wealthiest owners or something like that?
0: They used to be uh, the sixth. In fact, they used to be the top five. There's been mm-hmm. some wealthier owners like Steve Cohen that have joined the ranks since then. But they're still top ten. Last time I checked, which was um, right at the end of the season, yeah. they, they were the ninth ranked owners now, in terms of—
1: you could be the wealthiest, but if your team is losing money because you don't generate enough revenue— because of your media market and stuff, I get all that. I, I get. You know, you you don't want to go into a season, and spend two hundred million, and lose seventy every year. I mean, that's that's a ridiculous way to run a business. So I get that.
0: Which, for the record, I don't believe is what's happening with the twins. I believe no, they I made money last year. Yes. Yeah. The need to cut payroll comes from the fact that they're still they've signed a one year contract with Bally now, but they're still not long term secured in yeah. terms of streaming and uh, television and funding in that way. And so that's it's just what ha- – and then the other thing is we are such a young team mm-hmm. that uh, Derek Felvey doesn't want to gum up the books and make it impossible to extend Royce Lewis, make it impossible to s- extend yeah. Ed Julian. So that's the other thing. Well, Yes, we're a young team, which means there's an opportunity that you don't have to pay your best players as much and you can maybe splurge a little. But really what they want to do is open a contention window window long term. Yes, and and so, it takes a little bit of a haircut this year, and and a little bit of a haircut is the best way to put it because we're still top twenty. I think we're number seventeen mm-hmm. after the trade for Manuel Margot. We're still the top spenders in the Central. So you know, it, this is what I told I told Ben Ben from uh, Froggy ninety nine point nine,
1: a noted Detroit Tigers fan. So we won't hold that against him. Oh yeah, we
0: won't hold that against him. But I, I told him one day. Because we were talking about the spending cuts, and I said, "Well, you can get away with austerity if everybody else is also doing austerity," yeah. um, which is just kind of what's happening in Major League Baseball in general, and especially in small markets in particular.
1: Well, I was surprised by we we looked at the, sort of the payrolls of the teams, and the Yankees, of course, were up at the top, or were they number two? But we we took them, but they were like in the, the two nine. There was like a two ninety and a two seventy.
0: Yeah, Mets but, were top number, yeah, one, number but, one. Yeah, number one. Yeah, but
1: then the drop off was pretty quick to a glut of teams around 200 million 203 205 something like that. Yeah. Uh, so you know the Yankees have always been up there and the Mets and Dodgers have tried to match but even the Dodgers are a little ways back, aren't they? Dodgers are
0: behind even uh the the Rangers and Cubs and Atlanta. The Dodgers are at 9 with 205 million which yeah. which is wild to consider because they spent a billion plus this offseason. Yeah. And they're still only at a,
1: a Well, that, they'll be in the top 1 in about ten years when Otani retires and they've got to pay sixty eight million dollars every year, but
0: well, so the thing is though, that this number for them, this two hundred and five, that takes into account the real day value of the Otani contract. So it's forty six point three million uh for Otani
1: there. Really?
0: Yeah. So
1: this is I just don't have the patience to figure out baseball counting. It's crazy <laughs> to me. It's absolutely crazy to me. Yeah, it's a little nerdy. So we're at 129. now. Where are they we're like the White Sox, Kansas City's. Got, they didn't zip past us with the the Witt signing.
0: They got close to us. Kansas City is sitting at 106, which is 20th. Um, so there's three or four people behind their team. So behind they must
1: us. have. They must have 15 players making less than a million dollars on that team. Then
0: oh yeah, N- name a Kansas City Royal that isn't Bobby Witt Jr. or <laughs> yeah, Salvi there you Perez. Go. There you um, go. Yeah. After them is Detroit Tigers rolling at number twenty two. The uh the Cleveland Guardians are twenty eighth. And oh, I guess the Chicago White Sox are ahead of us. They're nope, nope, nope. We moved past the White Sox with the trade for Margot right. Manuel. We're at twenty nine now and they're at twenty four. So yeah, we are the top spenders in the division. So
1: um one other little tidbit that I just came across my computer today. That I thought they're still up in the air. What's happening with the Oakland A's? Mm-hmm. Um, where they're going to play? And it looks like it's going to be a combination of stadiums. We don't know. They may be playing some minor league team stadiums and stuff like that. But an interesting one: um, the A's they're they're going to be blocked. Well, it, it obviously going to go to court and stuff like that. But they were blocked by the Nevada Education Association, which is the teachers' union, because the teachers' union is saying that the three hundred eighty million dollars that that they that Las Vegas committed to building the stadium or part of the stadium, they said you can't do that. That's not that's not right, which I find quite interesting because I, I'm not a big one for you know cities footing the bill. I have no problem with that if they if they're willing to spend money on other things too. But the uh, that's an interesting one that the teacher's like no. We don't want this. So we'll see what happens. That's that's a crazy one, that that city. So I don't know what's going to happen with that team. We
0: will continue to see what happens over the course of the next several years. Um, unfortunately, Oakland baseball and A's baseball, as they leave Oakland, it's a, it's a mess.
1: It And it's too bad because they have an amazing history. Yeah, Started off Philadelphia, uh, moving to Kansas City, then finally ended up in Oakland. And they have a legacy that is crazy, mm-hmm. you know. Reggie Jackson won, I don't know, two or three World Series with them in the 70s. You know, they had all those great players in the early 70s. They had those great teams in the late 80s. Sarah had ridden, but, you know, (laughs) but but it's crazy that 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 has fallen that far.
0: Yeah, this has been the Home Run Porch on the Mighty 790 and 104.7 KFGO. Will Thompson with Kevin Kennedy. Thanks for listening.